Good morning, beloved listener. As they say on another, well, another, I was going to say another great podcast. That's a little presumptuous. Uh, a great podcast um, called the Nomad Podcast, which I love. That's how they greet their people. Beloved listener. Of course, they are British, so. Good morning, beloved listener. Good morning, beloved listener. Or if they were Scottish. Good morning, beloved, beloved, it'd be beloved, beloved listener. Oh, no, it'd be list, listener. I don't know. Anyway, uh, good morning. My name is Mike, and this is Driving Theology. I am on my way to work, and man, it has been an eventful, eventful week in the world. Uh, as you probably are aware by now, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And I have to admit, I haven't read much on this at all. I, I, you know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s when... Uh, my mom and lots of Christian women were marching against the ERA, Equal Rights Amendment, uh, for women. And I know that uh, abortion was one of the big issues then and all this stuff. But they believed that, that, I think they believed that ERA went too far. I think they believed in equal rights for women. But the specific agenda of ERA, they believed, I think, went overboard. And probably abortion was one of the issues, if I remember correctly, that was... Uh, in that, sorry, this it's really hot today, so I've got the air conditioner kind of blasting. I'll try to keep it at a a uh, dull roar. Um, so I remember, you know, some of the things that were going on back in the day with all of this. Um, but this week, or a week ago, I guess last week, sometime uh, last. It was on a Thursday in the States. I think it was a Friday here when I heard about it. But anyway, Roe versus Wade was overtime, overturned by the Supreme Court. Now, exactly what that means, uh, I don't know. Because th- there are so many different things that people are saying. You know, from uh, you know, from this, you know, the simple idea that now women don't have the constitutional right to get an abortion all the way to now interracial marriage is not <laughs> any longer legal. I mean, it's stupid stuff. People are just going overboard and, and um, reacting uh, on both sides incredibly emotionally. And it is a very emotional issue, um, no doubt. <clears throat> uh, Roe versus Wade. So this is, of course... It has to do with laws and government, uh, and because of that, it has to do with politics, uh, and it is and has been for so long a hot-button issue, uh, a woman's right to get a divorce for any reason that she sees fit, right? And that's that's the idea of, uh, you know, my choice, my body, her having the say over whatever happens to her body, whether it's pregnancy or anything else. And those opposed to abortion 
uh, I think would want to say that yes you have control over your own body but there's a new body another body a separate body a a a body that's inside of you uh, that should have rights too and because that person can't speak for themselves then we will speak for that person you know so forth so man I mean it's just I know women feel like the clock has been turned back and and you know I I'm, I'm gonna say this um, Christians should have never been involved in this issue from the standpoint of politics. I think that was the first mistake, and I've said this many times before, that uh, Christians should just uh, let you know politics be politics, and we should keep following Jesus no matter what, and and uh, you know just just work on the ground level, right? Uh, keep our heads out of the clouds. Uh, keep loving our neighbors. Uh, keep praying for enemies, um, you know, this kind of stuff, Jesus stuff, uh, supposedly Christian stuff. But no, Christians have, have decided that, that they want a, a bigger piece of the pie. They want uh, uh, a voice at the table. And so Christians have entered politics. Uh, and now, basically, whatever happens... Uh, with the <coughs> excuse me, let me get this sneeze out of there. Whatever happens with the Republican Party on a political level uh, is now the Christians are responsible for because they're such a big voting block of the Republican Party. Uh, now, the name of Christ has been drug into all the stuff that the Republican Party does. And the Republican Party, even though I, th I, I think uh, they're right on some things, um, I know they're wrong on a lot of stuff. Uh, if we're trying to follow Jesus, they're wrong, they're wrong on, a lot, on a lot of stuff. Uh, and... And basically, that what that does is, to me, uh, it is dragging the name of Jesus through the mud, right? Uh, it is, it's blasphemous um, to say that we are Christians, we follow Jesus, therefore uh, we believe this and this and thus and this and thus and that, right? Uh, should be happening. Uh, attributing... Um, poor human actions and motives to Christ. Uh, we are slandering Christ in doing so, is what I'm trying to say. And so, for those of us who have been trying to follow Jesus, uh, who, who are trying to follow the way of Christ, uh, we suddenly have a dilemma. Because now we are being lumped into everything that, that the, the religious right or what I like to call the sacrilegious wrong are doing. Uh, and really, I think their biggest sin is, is, uh, is covetousness, right? They covet. They covet the fame and the position and the power uh, and the wealth 
that, that those in politics uh, can have. And and it's just sad. I mean, it, it's so far, it's so anti-Christ, it's so far from the way of Jesus uh, that it really is truly unrecognizable. And and so there's been a lot of, there's a lot a lot being said recently and a lot has been written articles and podcasts and all kinds of things about just when this started to happen and, and surprisingly uh, this is this has been recognized for some time that the American the most prevalent American version of Christianity has been very far from Christ for a long time uh, and I think uh, it was W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, who, who has a famous quote about this, that basically American Christianity is, is not Christianity at all. It's, it's something so different as to be recognizable, un, as to be unrecognizable, excuse me. Uh, and I have to say that I, I agree with that assessment very much, um, completely, in fact. Um, I wish I had that quote. I wonder if Siri could pull it up. Let me see if Siri will pull it up. Hey Siri, show me the quote of W.E.B. Du Bois on religion. Okay, I found this on the web for show me the quotes of Webb Du Bois on religion. Check it out. That's not it. I might find one of them. Uh, anyway, there have been so many egregious sins of the American church uh, over its entire history that should make us, you know, just stop and scratch our heads. And I think, I think the, the one thing that I could point to is that Christianity and nationalism have been so intertwined as to be inseparable in America for the last 250 years, right? And I think that's what, that's what has made Christianity unrecognizable. And so the goal of American Christianity has been to preserve America and the perceived, um, the perceived orthodox way of being American as opposed to the mission of Christ, which is to, to the least of these, to the needy, uh, to, bring, to bring salvation and to bring people close you know, to rescue people from um, from all the things that befall them, right? Uh, and so it's been a, a propaganda machine for America, the church has, as opposed to um, missionaries of the gospel, the good news. Wow. The American church is a propaganda machine. The church in America is a prop 
propaganda machine. Church in America. You say prop. Huh. I have to work on that a little bit. I kind of like the way that sounded. It seems succinct and uh, just just strong enough to be uh, to really piss some people off. <laughs> Not that that's what I want to do, but but uh, sometimes you got to piss them off. You got to kind of break that uh, break that ice to. Uh, get people thinking maybe that's why we have Jesus calling people you know vipers and brood of vipers you brood of vipers um, yeah so now with Roe versus Wade overturned we uh, the decision now has gone to the states to each individual state to to do with abortion what they will right so we are a constitutional republic supposedly or constitutional democracy if you want to call it that republic is probably closer uh, which means that the constitution basically becomes the guide by which we do everything else but every state, I believe, has its own constitution as well. And so we have a federal constitution as well as state constitutions. And so now every state, depending on its constituency and, and in the, the uh, politicians who are in power and their political leaning and their, their uh, beliefs on abortion, can now make the decisions themselves, which has always been the case, kind of. Uh, but there was there was this federal blanket protecting abortions that did exist, although some states went against that. Uh, now, uh, some states will stop offering abortions altogether, uh, and some will scale back. But some will probably ramp up to to be able to take people from other states uh, who are in need of an abortion. Um, <clears throat> My personal feelings on abortion. Um, <clears throat> I am against the state dictating how women are to use their bodies. I, I am I am pro-choice, and yet I am anti-abortion. That doesn't mean that I. It doesn't mean that I support uh, laws one way or the other. I'm, I'm against laws that dictate that people should follow the Christian way. I'm against, I'm against using uh, legislation to force people into a Christian way of life. I'm completely against that because that's against Christ. So we had a law that allowed for abortions, and, and to me, I'm... I'm okay with that because the church had ample time, ample time to take care of women uh, who were in need of abortions and to convince them and to show them a better way and to love them uh, and to take responsibility for those babies when they were born. The church had ample time to decrease abortions, law or no law, and they still have that, right? Nothing has changed there. Uh, they have every opportunity to be involved enough in people's lives 
so that those people will, will trust them to be there for them through the pregnancy, through the delivery, and through the, the childhood of that infant, right? The church could could have and and has always had the opportunity to do that for those who are called to do that, right? To to do that specific thing. That that doesn't change by legislation. We still have the ability to be there for uh, women who find themselves uh, pregnant uh, or or um, being having unwanted pregnancies, right? For whatever reason, it doesn't matter the reason, right? Um, we should always be there for those people. Christians need to be there, and they need to commit to being there through the lives of all people, not just not just a pregnancy, a delivery, uh, or or you know, infancy, childhood, right? But for the lives of these women and all that entails. That's part of what the church is, right? That's that's part of bringing um, healing and bringing what's needed to people, regardless of their choices, regardless of their actions, uh, regardless of their beliefs. Uh, the church is to be the healing hands of. Christ to everyone we should not ever discriminate uh, and we don't do that we have failed in that uh, we have allowed government to start doing that and that's another place where this this blurry line between being an American and being a Christian uh, has has become convoluted and confusing right so there was a time before a lot of social programs uh, were in government such as welfare and, and Medicaid and all of this stuff there was a time when churches did all that but at some point some something flipped right we decided the government should do all that with our tax money and that the church should get out of it for whatever reason the problem is all of those programs that help people, all of the all of the programs is the wrong word because I think we, we should be doing this in, on an individual basis as well, right? All, all of these things that uh, the government is doing now, Christians should have always been doing and should continue to be doing. And we should not be depending on the government to do any of that. Uh, and that, that's one casualty for lack of a better word, uh, of of religion becoming like a citizenship of a worldly country, because that's basically what American Christianity is—it's just citizenship in America. Um, that's all it is. Um, it, it's it's it no longer truly represents Jesus nor follows Jesus. Propaganda printing press of Americana. Something like that. Uh, I'll work on it. Uh, yeah. And so 
what what this has done, unfortunately, is all of these women who are in need of, uh, who feel like they are in a really tight spot with no way out. I have a feeling this will increase suicides. Uh, it will increase, uh, you know, uh, closet abortions. Uh, and it will increase uh, those who need the church most to be suspicious and leery of the church. Because the church is the one who has brought down this decision. Now, whether this decision was brought down or not isn't the point. I, I continue to say this, right? Like, th this, is, this is really important can't miss this point the church is not of the world the church does not play in the world's games the church does not partnership with the world it does not partner with the world right so whatever is partnering with the world in the name of Christ in this instance is not the church people. It's not the true church. It's not the, the authentic body of Christ. It is not of Christ, therefore it is not Christ. Something else is doing this. It's pretty easy to see. I mean, if you want to know who Jesus is, just, just open Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And read for a while. Don't just read one passage when you get what you want and then leave it alone. Read it in its context, in its entirety. You know, at least several chapters at a time. Get a feeling of, of who this Jesus is. And then maybe, you know, take a few minutes and, and write down, who is, who is this Jesus that I meet in the Gospels? And then go back and read it again and read again and find more things. Find more and more things, you know. Do a little meditation and prayer on who you find Jesus to be. And then all you have to do is look around you, right? And you will find people who are following Jesus and you will find people who are not following Jesus. And I guarantee you that some of the people who are following Jesus are not Christians and some of the people who are not following Jesus are Christians. Guarantee it. Now, they may not know they're following Jesus. Uh, but there's a kind, a kindness, a kind spirit, a gentleness, uh, a listening ear, an understanding spirit. sympathy what there isn't is judgment punishment condemnation hatred impatience arrogance those things you're not going to find
So whoever is partnering with the empires of the world, right now America, in getting these laws passed, it's not the church. It's not Christ. It is a, what would I call it? It is a hybrid, mongrel, uh, mixture of religion and self, selfishness, pride, arrogance, haughtiness. It is competitive. It is deceitful. It is holier than thou. Yeah, I guess I should get off my high horse. We all got problems for sure. Man, these people are out in their field. It is 90 some odd degrees out there already and they're out there working hard. That's probably what we should all be doing, just out working our own field we rub against neighbors, we help them out. We just keep our heads down and, and do some good work, some good honest work. Um, be the answer to our, our friends, our family's problems, whatever we can, however we can. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing at all. Uh, yeah. So overturning Roe versus Wade. A uh, couple thoughts. Number one, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. I don't think the sky is falling. Um, I think, I think life will pretty much go on as usual. And one of the reasons I say that is because there's a lot of money to be made out of abortions. And so I think they're going to be. Uh, widely available in more places than you think uh, as long as the demand is there uh, one thing America uh, loves more than Christ it is money um, so I think I know that's cynical but I think that's going to be something that will, will happen and uh Number two, if, if you want to be the church, then the way to combat this is to uh, get down and dirty into people's lives and be there for them and commit to them and do everything you can to help them. Take away a woman's reason for abortion wherever you can. Be the answer to that problem. That's hard. It's really, really hard to do this. I'm not talking about anything that's easy. Um, it's about as hard as a thing can get. And people have 
really hard time. There are people that are just stuck in difficult times and your heart breaks for them and you know you help them when you can and the the problem is you can't always be the pro- you can't always be the answer to their problems Yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking about my friend Keith and and his wife, Yuriko, who are in need of a lot of help, and I'm just so far away. It's difficult for me to be the answer to that help, and it's just, it's hard. But it's way harder for them than it is for me. And, uh, yeah, I want to, I need to be creative and think of ways to help them. I really need to engage get some advice I think Um, yeah yeah so anyway I think I'm gonna leave it there it's a it's a little bit earlier than usual to to stop but um, I think the way to combat abortions is for us to be the answer to the reasons for abortions for the young women or all women who are experiencing unwanted pregnancies I mean that, that still doesn't account for the sheer painful experience it is to be pregnant and to deliver a baby there's not much that can be done about that part of it um, and frankly, that's that's a lot, <laughs> and I have no idea how much that is. I've I've witnessed it, but I've never experienced it. Um, so, just that part of it alone, you know. There's so many things that are messed up with the world that cause these pregnancies to begin with uh, and they're not completely the fault of the women who are involved Uh, one thing that's been brought up okay I'm going to speak a little bit longer one thing that's been brought up is why not have if you're not going to allow women to uh, get abortions why not force men to get vasectomies because a man you know he could theoretically impregnate multiple women every day multiple women every day every day of his life he could impregnate theoretically multiple women whereas a woman can only carry one child for nine months so it's men going around of course, it's you know it takes two to tango, as they say, and, and except in the case of rape. But it's men who go around causing a lot of these pregnancies as well, right? It's not just women. 
but it's it's the woman who suffers the most from the experience. So why not spread some of that suffering to the men? It's kind of a, I mean, it's hard not to say that there's not some validity to this argument. At least some. makes you think it does seem a bit unfair that a woman has to bear the, the burden for nine months plus of the pregnancy and yet the man can uh, pardon the expression be in and out in five minutes uh, and uh, then off living his life with uh, no consequences a lot of, uh, one of the, another uh, idea was that you know the the uh, if a woman must go through the pregnancy, then we should do a paternity test and locate the father, uh, and then he must uh, he must bear the burden of the child, whether it's in money or or time or whatever. You know, he must be the father of every child that he uh, conceives with the woman. That to me, that's that's a great thing. Like find out who who the husband was all the time. And force him to live up to what he did. I mean, if if men are held accountable as well as the women, I think I think we would see a decrease in pregnancies. You know, be responsible for where you plant your seed. Don't know why that would be a problem. And right now, more than ever, we have the technology to do this. You know, I've had my DNA tested in one of these uh, Ancestry.com kind of places. Um, so it's not like it's not possible to do this. So there's there's that. That's something. Uh, so anyway. Um, there are a lot of other ways to start uh, winning this battle, you know. And there are a lot of other ways to see it. There are many perspectives. And most people are not trying to see this problem from any perspective but their own. And that's what causes all the animosity between, uh, you know, the two sides that have different opinions. And that's basically the story of America today. Animosity because you don't think the way I think. You're my enemy. Uh, all right. Well, I am going to now truly uh, stop this podcast for today. Uh, thanks for listening again. Sorry for some of the weird pauses. It's just such a weird, difficult subject to try to get through. Um, and I'm not sure I got anywhere good. Uh, but, you know, that's the messiness of this subject and the messiness of life uh and there it is you guys have a good day bye bye